Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, alongside Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. It's good to be back. Yeah, man. It has been a while since we recorded an episode together, like I think at least two weeks. Yeah, I think it's two weeks to the day. I was thinking about it. I think it's two weeks to the day because I think we recorded our standings episode on a Wednesday. And yeah, we did. We recorded both episodes in one day. Yeah. Uh so yeah, two weeks since our last the time doing one of these together. So might be a little bit rusty. We'll see. Um, but you know, things things are things are going all right. I was having a slight issue this week with um so I was, you know, the new NHL game came out, right? And you know, I love video games and I love playing the NHL video games. Was excited to get my hands on a copy and you know, maybe a little Florida Panthers uh, you know, career mode, you know, action. Um so I was on Amazon, right? And I was like, I, I don't have a console, so I need to get a console, right? So right. You know, I bought an Xbox and I got, you know, the Xbox Live. I got a charging stand. I got an extra controller, right? Got all this stuff, right? Like you bought, what do you mean? I thought you had a PlayStation. A PlayStation 4, but, you know, next gen, right? Oh, you got an next gen. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, but then the issue was, you know, I put in the order, right? And then I get an email saying that my credit card's been declined. Because of course it is because I maxed it out because I'm bad with money. Right. But okay. it only canceled out the Xbox. So now I am sitting with all these Xbox accessories and no console. No. <laughs> yeah. So I just got all this stuff I can't use right now. Are you are you still planning on getting the console when you, once you pay off the credit card? Well, yeah, eventually. Eventually. But I was like, fuck. <laughs> so just got all this stuff just sitting here. Can't use it. Oh man. Can't play the game. But that's rough. One day and then you know. We've, uh, you know, started up our YouTube channel. We got that going. We're hoping to get some content on there. So maybe, you know, stream some games and whatnot. Uh, you know, if, if anyone's interested in that. But uh, not the best, but it is what it is. We'll get it sorted. Uh, you know, you said you were having a, a hell of a week. Yeah, it's just we had a long road trip to Prince George, which took unexpected turns that I don't want to get into. And, yeah, it's it's been rough. So it's good yeah. to be back, familiar soil on the podcast, and nothing better. Just, just kind of relaxing, and then get to go back to Prince George next week, which should be awesome. But yeah, no, I, I love Prince George, beautiful city. Yeah, what what kind of mine is it there? I, is I it sulfur? I don't know. I'm not a geologist. No, because I know you've been to Prince George, so like I was just wondering. I, I it has a distinct smell. Yeah, it yeah, it's got to be something. Uh, like it's yeah, there's something pungent there. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing up there, but it's not it's not pretty. Um, but yeah, the but with regards to the Panthers, great week for them. 
three and zero to start the season, uh, looking very much like the team we saw last year, uh, matching their best start in franchise history. They got a couple tough games coming up, uh, so we'll see how those ones go. But we'll talk first about the Tampa game because there's a lot to talk about this one. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of places we can start. Um, I guess we should start off before the game uh, when it was announced that Sam Reinhart would be moving off that first line and going down uh, to the third line to play alongside uh, Anton Lundell. What were your thoughts on the move then and after watching them in that game where they looked uh, very good uh, on that line together? Honestly, was not sure what to think at first. Like, he you pay such a high price for a top six winger and just to have him on the third line in the third game in the season, definitely not. I did not sense optimism. That's for sure. But I mean, we know Sam Reinhart and obviously a very good hockey player and just really didn't know what to think, but very impressed by the performance in the lightning game. Yeah, like, because the Lightning game on that third one, it, it, it was undoubtedly his best game so far as a Panther, right? Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Um, and obviously, you bring in a guy like Sam Reinhart, you you know, I think the plan was always to have him play on that first line. Um, but really, like, you could tell through the first couple of games that, like, it just, you know, wasn't clicking like you'd want it to. You know, you, you weren't getting the results you weren't for. They are getting out chance, right? It just wasn't a good fit. And when you're a team that's as deep as the Panthers are, you know, finding the right fit is key. Anthony DeClaire, who had a strong start to the season and has a history of playing on that line, it's a good choice to move him up, right? And that line performed a lot better with DeClaire there versus Reinhardt. And then because of the depth of the Panthers, yes, he's moved down to the third line, but it's not like he's the third line on, you know, a basement-dwelling team, right? It's the third line on a contending team. He's still playing with good players, and he's still getting a good amount of minutes. Um, and you talk about fit, and – Right away, him and Lundell seemed to have uh, some very good chemistry together. They both had uh, terrific games, uh, easily both their best in a, in a Panthers uniform. So hard to argue with results. And if, if that continues, then I expect we'll see Sam Reinhart on that third line. And I don't really have a problem with it is, you know, if the results are there, if the team's playing well and the team's winning and the third line is being effective, uh, then, then why switch it up? And to have a guy like Sam Reinhart on your third line, just kind of spreading out the wealth of your team and finding, you know, the right mix and right combination of line mates is huge. Um, and so I, I think it makes them yeah, a harder team to match up against, especially uh, when you're on the road, you don't have last change uh, because you know that, you know, whatever line's coming over the boards, you're going to be facing some, some quality forwards there. Uh, and that can be really useful for, for a team like Florida. So I, I like the move. Like, I mean, you know, obviously it's not what you want when you acquire Sam Reinhart, but hard to, I know it's only one game, but it's hard to argue with the results. It, it really is. Definitely didn't play third line minutes. He only played a minute less than Huberto. That's even though on paper he was on the third line, like he did not play third line minutes, which is like pretty, pretty good. Um, and like, it feels like he kind of sparked Lindell. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the really that's the great thing about it is Lundell was able to get what was it a goal and an assist in that game, and he got a lot of good looks. 
Yeah, he had a goal and an assist, and it feels like he he really could have had more with the way he played. Like it, it was it was a really good game for him. Uh, yeah, again, his best is a Panthers uniform, and I think it's what we all hope to see. Like that type of game is what we hope to see from Anton Lundell uh, coming over, right? And of course, you expect there's going to be a bit of an adjustment, the smaller ice, right? Um, but the way he plays the game, him being around Barkov so much, um, you hear everyone around the organization talking about, you know, how good he is, uh, but also how hard he works to be that good, you know, at the rink early, you know, leaving late. That's the type of stuff you want from your young players. Uh, and that's what earns the trust of your coaches, which is something he's been able to achieve right away, really. Um, I believe, you know, I, I saw the quote from, uh, Coach Q talking about Anton Lindell and saying, look, we're like putting him out there in situations for, for key faceoffs and on our first penalty kill unit, you know, that's really the highest compliment uh, a coach can give a young player in this league to a rookie player is to put him in those situations because those are the situations you put the guys you trust that, you know, and you know what they're going to give you. And so to be that young and to be out in those situations, I think speaks a lot about, uh, Anton Lundell, uh, and both his maturity as a young player, uh, but also the responsibility uh, in his game and, and the way he approaches it. So I love that from from the player, and I love that from the coaching staff, just fueling uh, him with confidence. Yeah, re- really are. It's it's so it's so fun, right? Because we did we weren't really sure what to expect from Anton Lundell coming in. The ideal for us, I think was third line center the exact role in which he's playing right now but there was also talk of the ahl and like having him be on the first line in the ahl and to see him filling in filling out the 3c role so well and he's playing some significant minutes in on the um on the penalty kill he's he's leading forwards in penalty kill minutes like he is immediately um presenting results which is so so good to see yeah and i mean you talk about he, he picks up his first point uh on a face-off win right on the the brandon montour goal which is you know phenomenal you know always always great to see someone pick up their first nhl point i love you know i love seeing those kind of moments from from young players when they're able to do that uh but then the goal he got later in the game you know you score your first nhl goal it's, you know, it's always exciting. It's always great. But to score your first NHL goal uh, in that fashion, it's a highlight real goal. It's an unbelievable play from, you know, Marchman. It's an unbelievable play from Lundell to get the puck over to Reinhardt. It's an unbelievable play from Reinhardt to get it back to Lundell. And then to put it in the back of the net against one of the best teams in the league, against one of the best goalies in the league in, you know, a big game early in the season that helps pad your lead. Uh, it really is just a, a perfect first goal for, for Anton Lundell. Uh, yeah, it's, it's makes us so happy to see, and you can tell like they're all the Panthers are happy for him, and he's happy. It's it's so it's so like heartwarming to see, and to do it in that fashion is just such a nice added bonus. Yeah, you love to see like how excited you know players are when you know you get your first NHL goal or for big milestones, uh, just to see that reaction from the team. Um, was absolutely uh, was just really great to see, and I hope we see uh, some more you know games like that from Anton Lundell here this season. Because if he keeps that up, then this Panthers team is going to be really tough to play against for for a lot of teams out there in the league. Uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. 
but the other guy, we got to talk about the other guy. I mean, obviously, like we know about the, you know, we know about the guys on the team. We know what Barkov does. We know what Huberto does. We know what, you know, these established players does. But in that, we got to talk about Spencer Knight. What a, what a fucking game. I mean, I did not pick him in fantasy for nothing. I was, I was, you know, we weren't uh, together when we drafted. I was real upset when you took Spencer Knight uh, because I was banking on him being there uh, when it came to my pick and you, you snagged him from me. So I'm a bit better about that. Yeah. But... I, I think I snagged a few uh, Panthers players from you, to be honest. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bit, um, you know, it's a, it's a tricky situation because we're in the, the league with a lot of our friends and we've been very successful over the last, you know, year and a half, two years of converting them into, you know, serious Florida Panthers fans who, you know, watch every game, who root for the team and the players who, you know, have real investment in this team. When it comes to fantasy hockey, I feel like that has backfired a bit. And now Panthers time. and Panthers players were just getting sniped off the board from us. I mean, I was very fortunate. I ended up with, you know, Montour, not great, but uh, I got, you know, uh, Bennett and Verhage as well. But a uh, bit, bit of a backfire on, our, on ourselves there for turning everyone into, into big fans of this team. But at the same time, I mean, how can you not love this team? I mean, you can't, you can't not love this team. It's so fun to watch. Like they're so fun to watch. They're so unbelievably likable. The vibes around this team are phenomenal. You see how much the players enjoy playing there, enjoy playing for each other, hanging out outside of the rink. Uh, and I know you'd expect that, but it's not, uh, you know, it doesn't exist with every team, right? Not every team has that level of chemistry and culture. And the, the Panthers have that, and they're very fortunate to have that. Uh, and so are we as fans of this team, because not every team's like that. And it, it makes a d- big difference. It can separate, it can turn a good team into a great team. Yes, definitely, definitely can. Um, the sky is the limit for this scene. Oh, it, it really is. Like, I don't know how you can watch this team and think anything less than this is one of the best teams in the league. Yes. Right. Well- by by the way, atop our division, followed closely by. I don't. Do you know this? Oh, it's the Buffalo Sabers. I know this. The Buffalo Sabers, and then the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, which kind of aligns with our preseason predictions. Uh, yeah, I mean, is- for the most part, ish, we I think we could agree on Florida at first, but like, there's no way we absolutely shredded the Sabers we don't do that we're educated i've always been been big fans of what buffalo has been doing honestly i've been preaching that more teams should be doing what the sabers are doing yeah yeah they're kind of falling yeah them and the panthers really are the gold standard especially in that division yeah uh and the detroit red wings close behind yeah just when they play in the u.s not canada yeah leading score gonna be missing when they play montreal Nice, nice break there for the Habs because they could use a use a, a win here. They could really use a win. It's it's looked pretty pitiful yeah. on that end. Yeah. Um, and Boston's been a bit of an enigma like in games. goal. They've been very upsetting in goal. <laughs> Not really sure what's going on. Linus Olmark's injured or something, but it's weird. Put Jeremy Swayman in for your First home two. opener bit of a head scratcher yeah yeah that's not one um but with regards to the panthers spencer knight uh obviously Bobrovsky plays the first two games right 
Uh, you know, I thought we might see Spencer Knight uh, a little earlier in the season, but at the end of the day, Bobrovsky, you know, he's been around the league a long time. He's a veteran player. He's getting paid a lot of money. I feel like he's earned, you know, that start at least. And the first two games, he was excellent. Um, and I mentioned it. I know you didn't listen to it on my solo episode, but I was talking about, you know, as good as Bobrovsky has been, it's important to get Spencer Knight into, you know, some games here early, just so you can get both guys going. You know, even though I know, you know, Tennessee might be to ride the hot hand. Turns out they've got two hot hands here uh, with two goalies playing really, really great. Spencer Knight and that one in Tampa. Uh, unbelievable stuff from him, especially the first 15 minutes. Uh, the Panthers didn't quite get uh, out to the best start. Tampa was all over him a little bit. Uh, and Spencer Knight, just a rock back there. An, like legitimate rock. Yeah. He looked like an established NHL goalie out there. If you watched him play and you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't think this is the youngest goalie in the NHL right now. God, no. You, you never would. And to me, there's a couple of things that I, I love about Spencer Knight uh, that indica- indicate, to me at least, you know what he's capable of. Number one comes from the gameplay itself, uh, which is it was Steven Stamkos on a breakaway, a guy who's been a superstar player in this league, right? He's had some injuries recently, but he's still a very, very good player. He's on a breakaway, right? And Spencer Knight comes out and challenges him very, very aggressively and goes for the poke check, right? And he gets it done, makes the stop on, you know, Steven Stamkos, a top player in the league. That mentality from Spencer Knight of, you know, I'm not scared of anyone. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to challenge Steven Stamkos and I'm going to win that battle. That aggressiveness from a guy at that age, I think is, it's incredible uh, to have that kind of poise and, and recognition uh, and mentality, really. It absolutely is. It's just, it's a sight to behold. It's so impressive. Like, yeah. he, he's just so quick. He reads the puck so well. Yeah, he, he's, he's always squared. Like, just unbelievable to think about this. He is 20 years old. Yeah. It, it's just, he could be playing junior hockey right now. It, it's ridiculous to think about, but instead, can you imagine if Spencer Knight was a junior hockey goalie right now? Oh, he'd be unbeatable. Unbeatable. Like yeah. it's just he's twenty years old and he's doing so well so early in the NHL. It's yeah. just you cannot help but get excited. Like I don't see why this guy wouldn't be one of your, your favorite players in the league. Yeah, he, he's unreal to watch. I love the way he scrambles too and battles through, you know, bouncing pucks everywhere. And there was a lot of that last night. He got some help on one of them from Radko Gudis, uh, of course, because that's what Radko Gudis does. Um, but really good scrambling. Um, you know, the shot, uh, the one that went in from Braden Point, it's through, you know, a lot, of, a lot of traffic. Can't really fault him there. He makes some big saves early to allow you to get into the game a little bit. Uh, everything about that performance from Spencer Knight, I love. And then I loved after the game, too. Uh, you know, in, in his post-game interview, he's talking about the game and he's talking about, you know, he, how much he loves the, the competition and how he loves going up against the best and playing a team like Tampa Bay. Like, again, you're 20 years old. You're going into, you know, you're playing a rival. It's your first game of the season. You're in their barn. It's loud. They got 19,000 fans there, right? It's easy to, to be intimidated by that stage, but that's not who Spencer Knight is. Um, and he's talking about it and he loves it. And 
I think he said, you know, look, like I'm a goalie. I don't want to face, you know, I don't want to face a bunch of shots from the point with no screen, right. That hit me square in the chest. Right. Uh, because anyone mm. can save those, right. That's not why I'm a goalie. I want those challenges. I want to be moving around. I want to make those big saves. That's what I, you know, that's the type of goalie I want to be. And that's the type of person that he is. He, 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 you know, he doesn't just meet the challenge. He, he welcomes it. He, he wants to be challenged and wants to keep getting better. And I love that from Spencer Knight. It's, it's so amazing to see. And I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But are we seeing one of Team USA's Olympic goalies for the next Olympics? You know, I've, I've thought about it. it. It's, and- a, it's, a, it's a valid point. He is young, but if he can keep it up, is it like, does this become a realistic scenario? It's going to be tricky. Like if, if he makes it, he's probably not playing because they have Hellebuck, right? Who I know you're not the biggest fan of, but he is. I mean, ball. if I had to pick between Knight and Hellebuck, I can definitely tell you what my answer would be. Well, I mean, yeah. And my answer, you know, it's up in the air right now, but like they have Hellebuck, they have Gibson, they have him, they have Demko, like the, they have Jack Campbell, like they have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't take Converse, like you, you have to have Spencer Knight in that conversation, I think, especially if he plays at this level. I mean, Un- yeah. Unbeaten in the regular season. Um, like he makes the, like, I don't know what else you could ask from him, really. I think it's without a doubt a conversation to have at least. And I think that I can't remember who the GM of team USA is. Um, I believe it's Doug Armstrong. So it's, it's definitely a question that Doug Armstrong is going to have to think long. No, no, it's Stan Bowman. I was wrong. Stan, but oh, that's right. It's Stan Bowman. Yeah. It's Stan Bowman. You're right. Um, It's, it's definitely like something that Stan Bowman's thinking about. Like he's like, you got to think about the quote unquote intangibles that bringing him to the Olympics would make. Well, that's the thing. He's going to be your US Olympic goalie. goalie in six years. Yeah. He's going to be a big part of USA hockey in the future. Um, and to take him along for the experience, I think would be, would be great for him. Right. Probably won't play any games, but if he could get there and be, you know, it, your third goalie. He, I think he does get in one round Robin game. If they bring him as the, uh, the third goalie, I think they'll give him the easiest game. Yeah, most likely. Like just, you know, pump up his confidence and you're you're not really putting yourself in a position where he could compete for the net just because he's playing such a shit team that you would expect something a very, very good showing. Yeah. And if you've already seen your other two guys, you want to give them maybe a little bit of rest. You know, it's long. Exactly. Travel, you're in a different, so yeah, so home. I would like that's what I would do like very like prematurely, like talking about this, but there's merit to be said about this scenario and like where, where he could slot in with that USA team. Yeah. Like if he keeps up what he's showing, you know, I know it's only one game, but if he can keep it up and play at that level, I'd have a hard time not taking him. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you did, the only excuse would be you want to take someone with more experience, right. In case there's, there's injuries and you really want to depend on someone, but the maturity of Spencer Knight at, you know, 21 years old, uh, it's, it's unbelievable, uh, for him. And he's one, like every time I watch Spencer Knight, I, you know, I always, you know, I always think about, you know, how good he is, but also how good he can be. 
And every time I watch him, I just think, you know, he can be better and better and better. Like he can be the best goalie in the NHL. I think. I like, I, I cannot remember ever seeing a goalie this good at 20. Oh, did you not see Carter Hart at 20? I did. And I said that very much knowing what Carter Hart is capable of. Yeah. Like to be in the NHL at 20 as a goalie is an unbelievable accomplishment. To be in the NHL and playing well as a 20 year old, not just well, really, really well as a 20 year old is so rare in this sport. Like I remember when we saw Di Pietro start for Vancouver as an, like a call up. Oh yeah, and from the '67s, and he got shelled, and like it was a tough situation for him. But still, he was the same age as Spencer Knight is now. Yeah, like there's just a world of differences. Yeah, it's just there's levels to this with goalies and goalie prospects, and I know goalies are kind of voodoo and hard to predict. But every now and again, and it's rare. There's maybe like five or six goalies in the league that are very, very consistently top goalies. And Spencer Knight has that ability that he can be that goalie in the future. Easily. And so excited to see it unfold. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're not going to see him against Colorado because we have Bobrovsky going for the, for that game. Um, and Bob's been good. So hard to, you know, question that, you know, I trust it. And, you know, hopefully we'll see, you know, I'm sure we'll see Spencer Knight at some point in the next few games. Um, but really good start to the season for him uh, going against Tampa Bay. And before we move on to our, our ad read and then talking about the upcoming games, I just want to talk about the rivalry itself between the Panthers and the Lightning. It's been brewing uh, since last season uh, and through the playoffs and into the preseason this year and in that first game. Is this the best rivalry in hockey right now? I can't think of another one. Like I, I like I cannot think of a right a current rivalry that is so pure of just straight up hockey rivalry. Like so the only other rivalry, like so like let's you go through recent history, right? Yeah. Um you got the the Sharks and Golden Knights, which is kind of tailed off because Ryan Reeves isn't there and the Sharks suck. So yeah, take that one out. Yeah. Um you have Toronto Maple Leafs versus the playoffs, uh, which is just too one-sided. That's too easy to even count. You have uh, the Rangers versus Capitals, which they both just seem content to just beat each other to a pulp every game. Yeah, I, I like they just don't offer us like good hockey games. That's the thing. Like it's intense. It's entertaining. It's, gonna, it's definitely but it's, entertaining. The, but it's not the best hockey. No. And then you have the Battle of Alberta, which has I, I think it's close because you got. You know, the best player in the world in Connor McDavid. You got some other superstar players. Um, it's very heated every time they play, especially with fans in the building. Uh, they've already played once this year. Uh, we've already seen the the bad blood there. Uh, we saw Rasmus Anderson headbutt Kyle Yamamoto. Like phenomenal stuff, right? That's a great rivalry there. Yeah. But it's I don't think Calgary's uh, a good enough team to no. put it on this level, right? They don't I agree. have enough, they don't have superstar players. They're just not, you know, they went out this offseason and just got very, very big humans to play for their team. That was clearly their offseason plan. Um, so I'm not putting that one there. But 
the key, like you look at the key ingredients you need for a really fun NHL rivalry. And that's what the Panthers and Lightning gives you two teams that are, you know, two of the best teams in the league, right? Check. You have uh, bad blood from the, from the playoffs. Check. You have superstar players who can, you know, change the game at any given moment. You have a ton of offense. You have great goaltending. You have fighting. You have hitting. Uh, all that kind of rowdy stuff thrown in there. Um, like the like, it's must-watch TV. It, it absolutely is. I like. I don't see another rivalry. Yeah. As good as this one, I really don't. Yeah, but like, like we're obviously biased because we are pan. We're, we're huge Panthers fans, right? But if I was a neutral NHL fan. There is no game I would rather watch than a Panthers Lightning game in the regular season. Completely no agree. I'd rather watch them play in the preseason than about half the teams in the regular yeah. season, realistically. Yeah. Like, do I want to watch Detroit Columbus in the regular season or do I want to watch Tampa and Florida in the, the preseason? I'm taking the preseason one. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like the, the Columbus Arizona game the other night. Yeah. Just no interest whatsoever in seeing yeah. that. Yeah. Or if like I had like a friend who didn't know hockey and they wanted to get into watching hockey and, and following the sport that's the game I'd show them is Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Because how can you not fall in love with this game and these teams, not these teams, Florida, after, you know, <laughs> watching that, you should never cheer for Tampa. No, never. Um, so to me, it is undoubtedly the best rivalry in hockey. Um, you see it a lot, even like the fan bases don't like each other too. You see it a lot on Twitter. They're going at each other. Um, you know, I don't want to take sides, but. Seems like Panthers Twitter, a little bit better. A little bit better. But, you know, a little more on the right, you know, Tampa Bay fan base, a little scummy. Uh, a, little, a little scummy, yeah. A little scummy, you know. But uh, it's just, it's so much fun. I love it. Yeah. I love it because, you know, you always, like, and it just feels not, like, it feels natural, too. Like, some rivalries seem, like, forced. And I think in the past, it kind of was where you're, like, trying to force, like, geographic rivals to be rivals. Like, it's, like... Obviously, the Battle of Alberta is one thing because that actually like works. But if right. you're trying to have like the Battle of Ontario versus like the Leafs and the Senators, well, those two teams I don't remember ever being good at the exact same time. So that doesn't. No, work. and they always trade with each other. They always trade with each other. It's not. There's no real bad blood there, so I don't count that one really as a. But like, and for a while, that's what kind of what the Florida rivalry was. Like, obviously, they're state rivals, the Lightning and the Panthers. But uh, you know, they were never good at the same time, or good enough at the same time, or enough bad blood to make it. Uh, you know, a real a rivalry that you could feel the hatred between the teams. You never really felt that until last season when both teams are playing very, very good hockey and very, very fun hockey, and they're going up against each other and they don't like each other. Uh, and there's a lot of bad blood and stuff going on. We saw too Joe Thornton uh, getting that slashing call uh, on Boris Kachuk for a little, you know, cup check. Um, which I mean, who among us has not done that? <laughs> uh, to an opponent i mean probably you because you're a pretty clean player um but <clears throat> i've done that multiple times never got fined never got fined no i did it once i was actually i was trying to uh you know it's trying to be subtle at it and try to get the opponent right but uh you've seen me skate i'm kind of a pylon out there right and so he blew by me and i was like in the corner and so i missed him and accidentally like nailed my teammate nice yeah but like i don't know oops i guess oops i have no defense for that but um but it's also like it's frustrating too because like joe thornton gets that but like they don't they miss the call 
prior on Boris Kachuk that led to Thornton doing that. Right. Right. Which we saw kind of the same thing with Larkin's suspension, where it's like if they call the original hit from behind, does Lark like, like call both? Yeah, that was like a really, really puzzling incident, wasn't it? Yeah. You're just kind of like, it was just weird. Yeah. Well, and there, like there's just a lot of that too. Like in, even in the Columbus Red Wings game, uh, Lucas Raymond got nailed from behind into the boards. Should have been a call. There wasn't. Uh, and Bertuzzi Tyler, and Larkin jumped him. Yeah, the reason Larson go jump Jack Rosovich. It's like, and Bertuzzi gets the penalty. Rightfully so, but... Uh, there should have been a penalty on the initial yeah, play. Yeah, you get the initial play instead of the, the, you know, the retaliation. So I'd like to see maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. of that and thought there should have been something there on the, on the Thornton one. Um, but Joe Thornton, love the guy. So all is forgiven. All is forgiven. Absolutely. Exactly. Forever. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He could do no wrong. Um, but yeah, great start to the season. Uh, we'll get in uh, to some of the, uh, the, the, the new games we got coming up here. Uh, in the future, but first, a quick ad read from DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's get back into it. Uh, next up on tap, we got Panthers. We got Colorado Avalanche. It's a rematch of the Stanley Cup final from about two decades ago. We weren't even born. Weren't even born. Didn't get to watch it live. Unfortunate. Wasn't close. But we got the rematch. Colorado, kind of a slowish start to the season. Not looking like the powerhouse they were last season. Nathan McKinnon on the COVID list. He's off. He's back. What are you looking for from the game? How do the how do the Florida Panthers come out of this game with a W? It's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be easy. You know, Colorado's on a road trip. They have the pressure. They have not been doing as well as they should. They're gonna come out guns blazing, and I think it's a really good matchup because you know you you've got the speed of Colorado, uh, not Colorado. Uh, Florida's offense, but you also have the mobility of Colorado's defense. So it should be really, really interesting to see how those match up against each other. And then kind of a more like, like skilled and powerful offense on Colorado's side coming up against just 
the best defense in the NHL, let's face it, in the uh, Florida <laughs> Panthers. Like, easily, no bias. easily, no bias. Um, so i just really excited to see that. And then probably Darcy Kemper in net for Colorado. Don't know who's going to be in net for for uh, Florida, although I assume it's, Bobrovsky. it's be Bobrovsky. They announced Bobrovsky. Oh, okay. So but don't yeah, worry. Bobrovsky. I got you covered. I'm dialed into the, into the news. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun game, right? We, we know that, uh, you know, with the, the caliber of players that are going to be playing. Um, I feel like, yeah, Colorado, I know Nathan McKinnon was not in the lineup, but it's not the, like, they haven't looked dominant. Like, like they've looked good, but they look, they haven't looked yeah. like the they, team we saw last year. And I think that's because this isn't the team we saw last year. I know this team got uh, significantly worse in the offseason. And no, they're still a good team. And I'm going to give them that, right? And they you know, have some unbelievable players. But it's hard to argue. Like, they, they didn't get better in the offseason. They brought no. in some... We've, and we've, we've said that all along, that they were just like... It wasn't that they had a, like, horrible, horrible offseason. It was just... It wasn't as good as it should have been. And I think that losing Ryan Graves, like, proved to be a lot more serious well, than no, a lot no, of people... No, no, no. Hold on. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they brought in Jack Johnson. I maintain my case. Um, I think Jack Johnson scored a goal for them the other night, too. The breakaway, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. As we all <laughs> predicted. Um, so I think that was a huge loss. Grubauer in net, replacing him with Kemper. Still early. I won't I won't really say anything about that quite yet, just because the nature of the goaltending position and how you can get very streaky. 890 save um, percentage so far. Sorry? 890 save percentage so far. It's not like I, the it's just worst. numbers. It's just numbers. It's just numbers. Just but yeah. um it's not the worst, but it's not you know. I mean yeah, and then Bauer was a Vesna level goalie last year. Exactly. And they lose Donskoy, who was a depth piece. I, I, I really like Jonas Donskoy. Exactly. He's a depth piece on offense, but was obviously a very important piece for them. And you kind of, you see this just different side of Colorado that you did not have last year. So going to be interesting to see how they rebound, but I expect a really, really like tight game on yeah. Thursday. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's going to be a good game for sure. Um, and yeah, like we said, like neither of us were big fans of Colorado's offseason, right? That's just the nature of being a contending team is when you're at that level, you know, you're going to have off seasons where you have to kind of rip it apart a bit, you know, get rid of some pieces. Um, you know, not like Florida who added pieces and got better, but you know, sometimes, you know, when you're, you're pressed up against the cap and you got, you know, a bunch of guys that are really good hockey players, you can't keep them all, um, and we've seen that with a lot of contending teams. And oftentimes, even, you know, when you on paper get worse, you might get better results. Like, for example, when Washington won the Stanley Cup, that was not the best team Washington had in the, 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 like, let's say that five-year span. They had better teams, teams with like Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, with other, you know, really good depth players that they just weren't able to keep around. Um, same thing, I think, with St. Louis too. They had TJ Oshie, they had David Backus, both in their primes. They had, you know, Jay Bomeister. Uh, you know, when he was, you know, an unbelievable defenseman, uh, they didn't win with those teams, right? You don't often win the cup with your best team. Colorado is still a top team, 
right? They're still a contending team, uh, you know, with the guys that they have. Um, but I think that this game, I think uh, I, I like the Panthers in this one. Um, and I think this game is going to be won uh, by Florida's depth because as good as Colorado is, I don't think they can match the forward depth of the Panthers, right? And you're, you know, how do you, how do you stop Nathan McKinnon? You're going to have to probably match him up, uh, you know, with the Barkov line, two top centers in the game. Barkov has that, uh, you know, he's a better two-way player, Nathan McKinnon, a better offensive player. Um, so Barkov can kind of get a saw off in that matchup. Um, the second line's real, actually, no, realistically, yeah, after that first line, let's say that's a saw off. I'm liking the Florida Panthers from then on out because Sam Bennett's a handful when he's playing his game, and I think he'll be playing his game. Jonathan Huberto is one of the best wingers in the league, um, which is not an opinion, it's a fact uh, at this point. Right, that's go- that's going to be going up against like Nazem Kadri, Sampo Ranta, JT Comfort. I like Kadri, I like Sampo Ranta. JT Comfort's you know a fine piece, not the same caliber. Um, and then the matchup with the third lines, I think this is where Florida's going to have a really great opportunity and be able to utilize their depth by having guy like Sam Reinhart play on that line, who is on a lot of teams a first line player. Um, to have a player of that caliber on the third line with Anton Lindell who's going to be trusted in a, in a lot of situations for this team. Uh, so I expect that, you know, Florida is going to be able to get their looks in this game. Uh, they're going to be able to roll their lines uh, a good amount uh, throughout. And it, it's tricky because they both kind of play this track meet style of game where they, they play fast. Uh, they play at a high tempo. Both teams like to play that way. Um and so it'll be interesting to see if Florida maybe tries to slow it down a bit, play with a little bit more structure, especially in the defensive zone. Um, but uh, it could end up just being one of those games where the two teams are just out there trying to outscore each other. Uh, the defense, uh, looking at that for Colorado, Colorado, you know, what a defensive core they've got there. Mm-hmm. Kale McCarr, my opinion, the best defenseman in the league. Sam Gerrard, who's excellent. Bo Byram who's had a great start to the season and, you know, is a top player. Uh, and then the Johnson brothers, uh, not great. Uh, and Ryan Murray's fine. Right. And so it'll be, uh, if you can get your top players going, uh, you know, outside of the Sam Gerard and Kale McCarr, cause those two are phenomenal. If you can get the matches with the bottom six, I think you'll be all right. As good as Bowen Byram is, he's still a young player in this league. Uh, so he, you know, there's going to be some, some rookie mistakes. And I think the Panthers, uh, their speed, uh, can create some havoc against those, you know, the second and third pairing there. Uh, and then Golden, you know, Sergey Wabrowski, I know two great starts, but you know, I'm never convinced with him. No, no, not, not really. So I like, I'll, I'll believe it eventually, but I want to see a bit bigger. Exactly. Size. You got to see some sample size of like good goaltending. I don't think it's impossible. I really don't like, this is a goalie that won the Vezina trophy, but given the recent track record, it's, it's a bit hmm. far further fetched, I'd say. So just never sure which Bobrovsky you're going to get. Yeah. Um, I choose to be optimistic well, I know, I know, I know you're a Bobrovsky truther. You believe in the guy. I do, I do. 
So it, it'll be interesting to see which Bobrovsky we get yeah. on Thursday. Yeah, the 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 thing for me is watching Bobrovsky. It's if he's playing too aggressive in this game, he's going to get burned. Just the way Colorado gets their looks from the inner slot on scrambles on second chances, he'll get burned uh, if he plays too far out of his crease. But um, if he's kind of like he was in the first two games, a little bit more in control, a little bit deeper. Uh, more refined in his movements, getting set, then he'll be all right, uh, I think. But if you start to see him oversliding, coming out a bit too aggressive, not on his angles, you're going to get in trouble against a team like Colorado. Um, personally, I think I would have gone with Spencer Knight in this game. You know, as much as I love Obrovsky, um, just in terms of opponent, I think I would have gone with Spencer Knight. I like his style a bit better against this opponent. Uh, but we'll see what Bobrovsky can do. Um, either way, it's going to be a fun game. There's just so much talent that's going to be out there uh, on both sides of the puck. Uh, last thing before we end it, though, your score prediction for this game. I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'll go 5-3 Panthers. Shit, that's what I was going to say. All right, I got to oh, something different. My bad, my bad. I can change mine if you want. No, no, no. I'll do uh, – you're going 5-3 Panthers? I, I was thinking either 5-3 Panthers or 6-5 Panthers. Okay. Well, those were, those were both mine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll go um, – Should I say another score? No, stop saying scores. Let me pick one. <laughs> All right, well, fuck it. I'm going to go – uh, six three Panthers. Yes. Okay. But 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 I'm gonna. But. Get, you know when I make predictions, I like to get unbelievably specific for no reason. You do. You really do. And it kind of, does not usually hit. It has. I don't think it's ever once hit. Uh, I'm gonna go. Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon both score for Colorado. Uh, as does JT Comfer. Uh, Anton Lundell is gonna get a second NHL goal, and the Panthers will have one of their goals be an empty netter, and it will be. Frank Vetrano. Those are my predictions uh, for this game. Hoping we can see a, a Panthers win after Colorado. Uh, you know, they have the Flyers who are uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, another kind of high event team. And then they got uh, Coyotes, Bruins. So, you know, some, some tough opponents, some easier opponents. Uh, good opportunity to pick up some some points early in the season, keep the ball rolling, try to maintain that spot atop the division, uh, and prove to the you know doubters that are still out there that this is in fact a top team in this league. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Love that the season's back. Love how the Panthers are playing so far. Uh, we're gonna be back on Monday with a brand new episode where we talk more Panthers hockey, talk about the Colorado game, talk about future games. Whatever else uh, emerges, whatever stories from around the league, whatever it is to talk about, that's what we'll be doing. Thank you to everyone tuning and listening to this week's episode, and we'll see you all on Monday. <laughs>